Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church talking about redeeming the Facebook wars. This is an incredibly popular topic uh, nowadays, especially with the advent of millennials trying to figure out, uh, millennials and baby boomers and Generation X, whatever generation you want to talk about, trying to figure out how to engage each other online in a civil way while still um, projecting and talking about or uh, communicating our feelings on the matter without alienating people or without turning them off. Um, you know, the advent of, of trolling, um, things like that, unfriending, blocking, private messaging, all of these things. Uh, we as millennials uh, primarily are still coming to terms with as far as how we negotiate them in our conversations with other people online. Now, so this is not limited to Facebook, obviously, uh, but this is pretty much primarily the, the, the main place where we talk about these things. I always said that... Uh, when we come to Facebook, you know, you post, post a opinion on Facebook and, you know, people start jumping down your throat right away. Why? Because they want to talk about it. We should be talking about these things in church, but a lot of times when you bring up these controversial t- subjects like politics, um, theology, you know, things that, uh, things, that, things that always get a Facebook reaction are kind of taboo in church. It should be the opposite. We should be talking about these things in church and just, you know, rolling our eyes or continuing on on Facebook. Unfortunately, you know, whenever you post a controversial opinion or, you know, something that's not even controversial, people make it controversial, it's a sign that people want to talk about it, that they've been thinking about it, that they want to engage and come to terms with. And we should be doing this in the church. We should be embracing this. We should be talking about this. The, the church should be the first place that we talk about and argue these things. We, come, we learn uh, about these subjects and these opinions that people uh, apparently care about very much. You know, as you're on Facebook for five seconds, you find out what people care about. So when I come to the Facebook wars, you know, there, there is a way to redeem it. I, b- I believe very strongly you can have the conversation. You can have the argument. You can disagree with people and still be friends. And you can disagree with people and not be their friend anymore and still continue on with life. Life goes on. You know, sometimes you grow out of relationships. It's okay. You know, we, uh, we have the ultimate example in Jesus Christ. And sometimes he sacrificed relationships for truth when people stopped following him because of the things that he said. He knowingly allowed them to stop following him because of what he was going to of what he said. Sometimes the same thing happens in Facebook. So I want to play a video for you today that I saw the other day. It was posted by my friend Josh on Facebook. It's it like 90% of it is really good, but it's it's the end of the video that I want or the audio clip, I should say, that I want to uh, draw your attention to. So uh, here it is. It's a Q&A session uh, with a guy named Frank Turek, who I'm not very familiar with. Um, and I'm not sure there's three speakers here. Um, well, you only hear two of them. Uh, there's three speakers up on stage. The first guy, I, I think, is Frank Turek. Um, the second guy who speaks is the one I take issue with, and uh, I will address it. Uh, but here's the clip. 
this uh, question is for Frank. I guess anyone can chime in, though. But last night you alluded to the uh, the God of the Old Testament in the um, that he's racist and sexist and all the ists. Right. Um, what, what, when you're debating that with someone who is of the um, the more common worldview, um, who who already, I guess, the liberal persuasion that tends to think, I guess, that all those those things are already um, we, we're all guilty of those as well. How do you, without just saying, well, you know, you got to take it in context, or without going to a huge dissertation on the Old Testament, how it all weaves together? How how do you um, how do you explain that to them? Well, the first you, first of all, you can't do it without context. But the question that you need to ask somebody is, if there is no God, why is anything in the Old Testament wrong according to your view, right? Because if there is no God, everything's a matter of opinion. Killing Canaanites or not killing Canaanites is irrelevant. We're all there's no right or wrong. So an atheist has no grounds to complain about anything in the Bible. But if an atheist says, well, it's a problem for you, you say God is good. Now, that's a fair question, right? You say that's a fair, a fair question. I a answer this in the book, Stealing from God. Let me just give you the one-minute answer. Um, just, so let's just take the Canaanites, for example. Does God just wake up one morning like a mafia boss and go, Canaanites, I want them dead. No, he gives reasons, right? What are the reasons the Canaanites need to be either pushed out of the land or eradicated. He says, well, they've been doing all these detestable things for years and I've been warning them for over 400 years. The iniquity of the Canaanites is not complete. One of the things they were doing is they were sacrificing their children on the molten hot god known as Molech. It was this metal bean that they heated up in fire and they had the, this bean had its arms out and they would put their babies on the arms of this Molech god and just basically watch the baby sizzle. And the drummers would play the drums louder so the parents in the village wouldn't hear the screams of their own kids. And God finally said, well, this needs to end. Now, on every college campus I go to, I have some atheist saying, if there is a good God, why doesn't God stop all the evil in the world? Here's an instance in the Bible where God says, enough of this, I'm going to stop it. And the atheists are complaining about it. Yeah. Right? Anyway, so that's the first half of the video. I have no response. I have no problem with that. Uh, response right there it's you know um it's clear it's concise it's understandable it's biblical um uh, and and i have absolutely no problem with that the, the, this other guy who starts to talk right now um he, he also gives you know some some insight and some good stuff but it's it's like the last 10 percent of what he says or i should say maybe like the last half of what he says i i, I, I take issue with so the first guy is good the second guy here uh what he's going to say is what i'm going going to address a really good resource for this, too, is a, a guy named Paul Copan. Exactly. He's just brilliant out of Florida. He's a philosopher, and he's written a book called Is God a Moral Monster? He's written a sequel that just came out also. So he's kind of addressed this issue in much more uh, depth, and it's a very accessible book. It's called Is God a Moral Monster? And he'll talk about this issue, you know, the fact that God didn't just surprise you. But also he talks about some of the language that's used in the Old Testament, that is uh, allegorical. In other words, it, they're kind of ancient Near Eastern phrases that talk about wiping out everyone. That no, nothing, I mean, in reality, they don't wipe out everyone because you see in the Old Testament, several books later, that this people group is still in the land. They still exist. So the expression about the to total um, annihilation of this people group is part of an ancient Near Eastern allegorical statement that other ancient uh, documents also use. So it's a combination of several things. And I want to just say this to you. Anytime time someone levels an argument against Christianity that can be uh, leveled in 140 characters on Twitter, <laughs> it's tempting to try to answer the, uh, out the, uh, the claim in 140 characters on Twitter. And that's never the case. A murder takes place in an instant.
but I have to reconstruct it in front of a jury over eight weeks with thousands of images, several, because this is the nature of responding to the event. And so the problem I think we have is that we want to answer that kind of objection really quickly. When in fact it's a cumulative case answer, it's very it's much more detailed, and that's why. Okay, so that that, uh, that part I really don't take. I, I see what he's saying there. I, I really don't disagree very much with what uh, he's saying here. I, I I don't. But what he says right here is where I have a problem. I'll be honest with you. I don't get involved. Even if I post something online to make people aware of it, and then an atheist comes up underneath it and makes some you know one paragraph retort, I am not going to get involved in a dialogue online. I reserve these kinds of conversations to the people who I have time with, mm -hmm. and hopefully repeated time. So it's my brother-in-law, I'm mm -hmm. going to see him again tomorrow. I just make, that's where I, I make the case. Mm -hmm. If I know I've got a jury for eight weeks, I'll make the case. If I've got eight minutes with you, I'm probably not going to be able to go that far with you. Uh, okay, I, I see what he's saying here. Um, he's trying to, he's, he's making a, a, a logical case that, that a lot of these arguments, you don't have, just don't have enough time to address a lot of the more complicated approaches that people take to these subjects and these these topics you know um it's true you know you can you can really level a a, a, a week-long argument on facebook with one question and as soon as you get involved you know you know let's talk about the baggage of getting involved in an online argument other people start commenting the, the straw men start coming out of nowhere and you're trying to address five arguments at once and, you know, next thing you know, um, you know, people are saying, uh, you know, I can't believe we're arguing about this. Why don't we all just love Jesus? All that stupid nonsense. So where I take issue is when he talks about not getting involved in the argument. But I, I think I talk for a lot of my listeners when I say that we as Christians, and I'll use myself uh, as a prime example, I, I've benefited so much from the online arguments that I've seen. You know, someone makes a post and then someone else, you know, starts commenting. There's comment, there's comment war going on down on the bottom. And, and, and I would argue daily, I, I look at these comments and I learn. I learn so much. There's arguments in there that I've never considered before. You know, when I, and people are posting articles and, you know, I'm actually reading them. You know, I'm going through and I'm reading these comment battles that people are having sometimes over days, you know, weeks I've seen, you know, uh, you know, 300 comments deep. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't read every single one, but if you're like really interested in the subject, you come out of these comment battles and you felt like you just read a book. You're, you're kind of educated on all, all the angles. Sometimes, you know, you think there's only two angles on an argument. It turns out there's like five or six because all these different people are commenting. It, it, you know, my, my point is that don't don't flee the comment battle. Don't say, oh, I'm not going to get involved because, you know, the, the, the people come along and say, oh, you know, no one ever gets convinced. You know, we just go away with the same thoughts that we had before and everyone's just more convinced in their own blood. Okay, that may be true. That may be true, but for but for one every person commenting, there's about a hundred people watching, and the person who's commenting, like nine times out of ten, is not going to change his mind because he's trying to save face. But the other knuckleheads watching who are not commenting don't have that baggage, don't have that risk. They they can change their mind in their opinion. Um, without without having their personal reputation involved, you know, as shallow as that sounds, that's the reality. That when they're watching, and you know, they might think that um, uh, well, we'll use gun control as an example. They might believe in like you know some sort of level of gun control. But if you get into a, a comment battle, and they're watching from their computer, 
you know, and it's like, you know, midnight and they're about to go to bed and they start reading and, and they see arguments out there that they never considered. They can sh be influenced and they can change their opinion drastically just by reading comments. And the fact that their name is not on there and people are not looking at what they're saying um, adds a lot to the possibility of them actually changing their mind on the matter. Uh, again, that's, you know, it's, it's shallow, but it's true. The people who are watching... Uh, sometimes you get in, into, I, I encourage people to get into these battles because sometimes it's not about the person you're arguing against. It's about the people who are watching on Facebook. That's what it's about. It's, it's, it's about, don't, I, I encourage people when you get into an, uh, a comment battle, don't go in, uh, most of the time, don't go in trying to convert the person you're arguing against. Go in to expose them. You know, I mean, depending, I mean, if, if they're saying something that's way off the cuff, go in to expose them. If they're saying something you feel like they're just mad, go in, okay, go, if you feel like they're just misled, go in and convert them. But if you feel like they're saying something that's like crazy and like, oh, okay, obviously, obviously this is not biblical, this is not spiritual, go in and expose them because the people watching, and there are people, there's so many people watching this. They need to see somebody stand up for the truth. They are benefited by that in such a major way. Even on like stuff like Matt Walsh posts, sometimes I see somebody bring up a, like, uh, like a pagan or bring up a point that I had not considered. And then somebody, I'll start looking through the comments and I look and I'm like, wow, somebody came up with an even better point than this guy did. You know, Christian retorted and, it, and, it's, and it's great. So I, I'm always, it's, it's unbelievably encouraging to me when I see these kinds of things. And I always encourage other Christians to get involved themselves. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. There have been times, many times in my life, when I've committed to me and other people um, who, like, with no sort of verbal agreement, you know, they, we just commented and, and, and we've committed to these days, days, sometimes week-long arguments on Facebook. And there have been arguments where I know there have been more than a thousand eyes watching what was going on because, you know, you're, you're uh, 97 comments deep and all of a sudden you get a like on one of your comments from somebody who absolutely has no stake in the argument you're like okay where'd that come from and some it's the same with with for your opponent or opponents you know there's there's people watching and 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 i have gotten calls on the phone uh, sometimes uh for from my friends uh wanting to talk about the ar the argument that they saw on facebook that uh, i was involved in uh i've gotten private messages from people about what what's been going on and and people saying you know, uh, just they, they want to talk about it. They want to give their two cents. They want to, um, you know, throw something by you. You know, and, and I always encourage them. Okay, we'll say this on the say this on the comment thread. You know, because you know, I could use the help. You know, because sometimes it's just you know, all you all by your lonesome on there trying to argue with these knuckleheads. And sometimes I'll, I'll get people who come up to me uh, on uh, like at church or even sometimes at work and they'll say to me, hey, I was watching that comment battle. I was reading it, you know, and, and, and here's what I think. The point of this podcast is to encourage the Christians. Don't shy away from the comment battle. Uh, um, some tips that I that I believe have helped me and have seen have helped others. And I've seen I've seen people say some really crazy um crazy and sometimes bold things on Facebook to other people, but but 
they kept on the person that they were arguing against kept arguing with them because they were they knew they were being sincere. And and one of the things that people who maintain these log arguments, one of the characteristics is that they avoid sarcasm. Avoid sarcasm like the plague. Uh, you know, as soon as you distribute sarcasm, that's what you're going to get back. And there's the argument's gone. Um, another thing is stay away from all caps. Please avoid all caps. You know, we're not, when I'm talking to you, I don't emphasize every single other word so that you can understand what I'm trying to say. You know, that's, that's, that's condescending and it's unbelievably rude. Avoid all caps. People know where to find the emphasis. If you want to put emphasis on something, put a slash at the beginning of the word and a slash at the end of the word. That's un- unfortunately, I uh, wish we had uh, italics because that would help out a lot. But uh, uh, capitalizing everything is is unfortunately not a very successful uh, tactic to do. Reserve that only when you actually feel like you want to shout because I've seen people do that too and that's been very successful. Uh, Another thing that I recommend people uh, for people is to stick to your guns. Don't try to, you know, be careful not to branch off into uh, these other side arguments. They might be legitimate arguments, but you, you originally, your original post or your original comment was uh, was meant to make a point. Stick to that point. You know, they might try to lead it somewhere else, but until you've made your point and you know that they've made their point, you've made that you've made your point. Do not try to address the other arguments. Stick to your guns, and and don't shy away from the other ones. But just just get them to acknowledge that you that they understand what you're trying to say. Because that's why you commented in the first place. I've seen many successful arguments go that way because the person who's arguing just stuck to his guns and didn't try to address every single straw man that came out of the woodwork. Also, do not try to move it to private messaging. Only when you absolutely need to, you feel like you absolutely need to, do not move it to private messaging because I've seen many arguments where I was watching, I was like, oh, I'm wondering where this is going to go. And I was learning all of a sudden like, well, I feel like this has gotten too out of hand, so I'm just going to go change it to private messaging. Like, oh, come on. You know, I was learning. Please don't do that. Uh, that the, the theme verse for this podcast is the wicked flee when none pursue, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You have nothing to fear from a comment battle. It's high maintenance. I get it. Choose your battles. Pick your battles. Don't try to address every single thing. I've seen people on Facebook, they try to address every argument. And unfortunately, when I'm reading through their stuff, um, I get less interested because they, they're, they're just trying to, they're trying to fight every single battle. But there are some people on Facebook where they, they don't get into an offer, but when they do, I'm interested because I know they stick with it. And I know that they're doing it because they believe very strongly in something. So I'm not saying you need to fight every single battle. Pick your battles. Be wise about what battles you choose. But when you do, strap down your seatbelt. Stick to your guns and see it all the way through. Don't be like, don't get into the last comment thing either. Don't be, don't be afraid to, to give the last comment or to keep on commenting. You know, I've seen people many times who are just like, oh, it's all about the last comment. You're just trying to get the last comment. Then they make it personal and ad hominem all over the place. Who cares about the last comment? As long as you made your point and you feel like the person you're communicating with knows what your point is, then keep keep commenting until that happens. The Facebook arguments can be redeemed. The Facebook wars are a good thing. They, they're our teaching tool if we use it correctly. Obviously, I'm not talking about mudslinging and name-calling. That's, that's, there's no place for that on Facebook except, well, there, there might be a place for it. That's probably another discussion for another podcast. But when you look at Christ and the Pharisees, he publicly exposed them. And the people watching, I 
promise you learned a thing or two. We're learning a thing or two right now, 2,000 years later from the writings of these public arguments that got nasty. There was name calling and they were kicking in the gouging in the mud, the blood, and the beer, metaphorically. Christ did not say, well, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me. You just walk away. No, he was out to expose them. They didn't convince him and he didn't convince them. But the people watching certainly learned a thing or two about, the, about it. And, and we're still learning from it. Engage in the Facebook wars when you have the time and when you have the commitment, when you have, uh, sometimes you don't even need the knowledge. Just make the point you're originally trying to make and other people will benefit from it. You are benefiting other Christians. You're benefiting other pagans because they're learning too. They are reading. So many people are reading these comment battles. Do not shy away from it. Engage in the Facebook battles. The wicked flee when none pursue, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Be strong and courageous, my friends. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.